heaven. Where's Brian at, man? I miss Brian, dude. He always was there to correct me. I don't know why he always... Heaven. Vas, vas. Heaven. It's weak, man. Y'all don't like... No, it's... No, 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 no. no. It, that's what I think it is. But then he always tells me it's heaven. Heaven. You guys don't like Germans in this place? You guys have been playing too many Call of Duties. They're no, they're, no, they're no longer Nazis, okay? Praise the Lord. They made that illegal in Germany. You can't be a Nazi. Amen. Praise the Lord. What about this? Elevado. Okay, so we have a bias towards Latinos in this place, slightly, slightly, slight bias. It's all right. God loves Germans and Latinos just as much. Amen. Well, welcome to Elevate. We meet every Thursday at 530. That's Conquerors, right? Well, what time do we meet on Fridays? Seven, I guess. You guessed correctly, my man. You guessed correctly. 7 p.m. Quick shout out, right? I want to I do this more often so I can remember. But uh, we have two birthdays today, right? We have two birthdays. We got, if you could raise your hand, right? Let's raise our Well, it was yesterday, really, right? Yesterday and then today. But there's one today and there's one yesterday, correct? Bethany, if you could raise your hand. Anybody else had a birthday this, this week? Come on, Kiki. All right, Kiki and Bethany and, oh, and Nate. Come on, three birthdays. Give it. Praise the Lord. That's another year of life. That's another year of life. Give glory to God for that. They're shy. It's all right. Don't worry. You won't get birthday punches. Maybe when you get home, your siblings will give it to you. Back in the day, we did give birthday punches in Elevate. They were very gruesome. People got hurt. People got bruises. But then, you know, we just realized we can't do that because that's child abuse. So we had to stop. Amen? Amen. So if you're watching online, we will not hit kids. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Well, welcome to Elevate, right? We got a new, uh, we got the continual, continuing of the sermon series, right? It's the Holy Night. Everybody say Holy Night. Holy night. Everybody sing the song. Come on. Everybody just kind of loses it there. There you go. Mel knows, though. Mel kept going. She kept going. There you go. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. It's not, it's not a part of your salvation. You don't need to know. But that is the inspiration of this, right? We're talking about the, basically, the story of Jesus' birth. Amen. So last week, we talked about waiting for the Savior and how many people were waiting for generations, right? I went through that whole list in Matthew about people waiting for the Savior, and how we, just like them, are now waiting for that same Savior to return. Except now we know that he's not going to return as a baby, but he's going to return as a conquering king. Today we're going to learn about that birth, though, when he finally came. So everybody say, birth of a Savior. So Jesus was born, right? A lot of people uh, know this, and they should, because it's very important. When we think about the birth of Jesus, the birth of the Messiah, right, we always think, we always see that picture. Everybody got that picture in their mind? You got, you got Mary, like, right here. You got baby Jesus right there. You got Joseph just, like, looking. I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something, right? But, and then you got, like, two angels just flapping their wings in the back. Everybody got that picture in their mind? Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes we think there's three wise men that were there, 
And then we read the Bible, and we're like, man, dude, this story is really different than what I thought it was. Yeah, it's, it's a little different, right? So we're going to go over that just a bit about that story. Uh, if, we can go to, um, if we can go to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, if you are got your Bible, you can hurry up, try to beat, Kel- beat Jorge. Who can beat Jorge? Who's there before Jorge? Who can, you'll be Jorge? All right, let's see. Get there. Who, did you beat him? Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Oh, he's there. Never mind. Can't be Jorge. He's too quick. Too quick. He's too quick for you, Josie. He's too fast. Speedy Gonzalez. All right, so in this, it says right here, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census, anybody participate in the census this year? I didn't participate in it. Don't tell Lori, though. All right. A census should be taken of the entire Roman world. A census is where they, they get to know, basically, the people living in their area, right? It's like, you know, they even ask you some questions, okay? So they would take a census of the Jews, take a census of the Roman citizens, maybe take a census of the slaves. I don't know if they counted the slaves. The women, the men, similar to what we do in Chicago, right? We take a census, and then that's how we get a lot of statistics, Who's in Chicago? How long have they been in Chicago? So on and so on. Oh, I've never taken it, though. I'm just going to be honest. Don't tell Lori, right? Because she was really adamant about that. But this was the first census that took place while uh, Quirinius, I hope I didn't butcher that, was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So you had to register for the census. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, right? We learned that the Savior is going to be born in Bethlehem. That's one of the prophecies, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. So that's his hometown. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was... Go down just a little bit more because there is no guest room available for them. And that is Jesus' birth. You see, isn't that funny how the Bible kind of just says it real quick? Like it doesn't go into detail about it. I love when the Bible does that. I love when the Bible does that. Because the point of it, right, a lot of, a lot of preachers, they'll kind of just stick on this area, right? And they'll be like, the guest had no room for him, right? And that's, that's true. That's a good preaching point, right? That's a good thing to realize, the humility of Jesus' birth is something to realize here. It doesn't capture what's really happening here. Luke does not capture everything that's happening here. But this is God become flesh. This is the incarnation. This is the one who created all things. This is the one who created and through him and for him and because of him do all things exist and have their being. This is the one who is going to die on the cross. This is the one who loves us unconditionally. This is the one who, before there was creation, was existent. And he's becoming a child. And they just say in one verse. I like what that song says in the Holy Night. I'm not going to sing it for you unless you really want me to. Do you guys want me to sing it? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So I got the lyrics. I'm going to sing it. And uh, D minor. Just kidding. I don't even know what a D minor is, right? I just hear my wife say stuff, and I, I'm like, oh, D minor, uh, A minor, C note. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, A, B, C. All right. 
But it's, it goes like the sing-along, sing-along, right? Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. This is where you get hyped. The weary soul rejoices for yonder breaks. A new and glorious morn. All right, we'll stop right there. Stop right there. Amen. We get a little too. All right, so good song, right? Mel, Mel can't stop now. Mel can't stop now. Sorry, but that song. Catch what it says, though. Right? It says it is the night of our dear Savior' birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You see, there's, there's something about the birth of Jesus that is so human, right? Obviously, he's being born. That's a human thing. But the way he's being born, the lowly way he's being born, the depths that God took to send the Savior Right, God, what does God want from us? What does God want from us? He wants us to have him. And we know this because the Father sent the Son. So we think that God wants us to have many things in this world at times. We think God wants us to be happy many times. We think God wants us to have all these things. Listen, I tell you what God wants you to have. He wants you to have him. God wants you to have him. And the Father made it very clear when he sent Jesus to be born in a manger. This lowly way of birth. And this is, this is the cool thing about it. If we continue on in, in uh, verse 8, if we go down. Verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I mean, I'd be terrified too. I saw those winged creatures. You know, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, they look like Brad Pitt in the movies. So maybe I wouldn't be terrified. Maybe, hey, what's up, Brad? I don't know, right? But they were terrified, okay? They were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. No good news, Hughes, just the good news, right? That will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, cloths, sorry, and lying in a manger. So we'll stop. Actually, we'll continue to read. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, and on earth peace to those who whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So we'll stop right there. That's the account, right, of Jesus being born. That's the account. That is what happened. So we see that it's just Mary and Joseph, right? Think about, that's such an awesome thing to think about. It's just a, a, a man, his soon-to-be bride, right? This dude's just like, oh, my gosh, what did I get myself into? This is the Savior, right? And, and it's like, I'm just thinking, like, that's such an awesome scene. But one thing that people miss about this is this story is very evangel- evangelistic. That means it's about telling people. People wouldn't have known if they weren't told. So we see that, that this, this story, the birth of Jesus from a, a virgin in a manger surrounded by the sweet sound of heaven, this is one of the most telling moments about evangelism in the Bible. Understand this, that the angels, right, they told the shepherds, and the shepherds told everyone, and we'll soon read that this was then to, supposed to be told to all people that ever lived. But the angels, right, they're the first ones to do it. They announced the good news and the arrival of the, the Savior to just shepherds. Think about that. Do you know how lowly shepherds were? They were the dudes that were like farmers back in the day. They, you know, if they were gallant, they, would, they, would, they don't talk like this, but just to modernize it, right, they'd be like this people, right? They'd be in the farms with the animals, smelling like manure all day, right? They were working the field. They had rough hands. They had to take care of a bunch of sheep. These were the people that angels told, he didn't go to, to, the, to Augustus, right? The dude who was telling the census, the angels didn't go there. They went to the shepherds. These were the people that were in the neighborhood, people in the community. The angels tell them, and they tell them the, what? Good news. Everybody say good news. And this good news brought what? A very bad feeling. Oh, man, the Savior's here. Is that what they said? Like, oh, I don't want to hear about it. No, it was a great joy. It was a great joy. You see, the good news is a great joy. Do we understand it like that in this place today? Because this was the Savior they were waiting for, okay? Understand that. And he was just born. So they're like, this is the Messiah. This is the Lord. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what my dad told me about. This is what my grandfather told me about. I finally get to see him. They were ecstatic. But a lot of people, we hear the gospel, and we don't see it as good news. We don't take it with great joy. We're offended, right? We reject it. We ignore it. We think of it as some kind of thing that's a bother. We think of it as something we can put on till later. The shepherd didn't say, well, man, you know, I got I to gotta handle my sheep first. Let me count them. Let me, after I count them, let me make sure I go to school, get a good education. Uh, let me have a little bit of fun with my other shepherd friends here. Then uh, I'll come see the Savior. No, man, they were, they were done. They were like, dude, I don't even care that the sheep, I don't even know if they lost them yet, right? They might have, they, they forgot they were shepherds for a moment. They went to see the Messiah, and it all started because the angel told them, right? The Messiah, the Lord, God has brought him to us. And what is the Messiah? What is the Lord? Well, we have to understand that this shows that this was no ordinary child, right? Of course, but he was God. This child was God. That was what they were saying. This is the Savior. This is the Lord of Lords, the Lord of the God of God, the King of Kings. And he's wrapped in cloth in a woman's arms. 
I have to see this. So we have to understand this was no ordinary child. No one saw it that way. But he was God in the flesh. Many people think that Jesus may have become God later on. This story right here just blows that out of the water. He was the Savior in, that, in, the, in those wraps. He was the Savior there as, as much as he was the Savior on the cross. He was Lord in those wraps as, soon as, as much as he was Lord in the heavens when he ascended. That was the Lord. That was God. And it says, for, uh, and it says that the peace, right, the earth, let me go to that verse so we can go a little bit higher. What does it say that the earth would have and, who, and, and the favor? It would say, it said that on earth, peace to those who whom his favor rests. You see, what is Jesus called? The Prince of Peace. You see, this is just another fulfillment. With his birth brought peace for humanity. This is joy. This is peace. This is good news. So we have to understand that this message was meant to be received with joy. The birth of the Savior was one of great joy, not because of the gifts that were brought like we think. We think that it was awesome because wise men came and they got gifts and they brought jewels. There was angels everywhere, but I just dropped it on y'all. It was one of the most lowly births that we have ever heard, right? Maybe back in the day it wasn't that crazy, right? But we think of it, it was not that spectacular. It was not Get out of that mindset that there has to be these wise men that came and everything. That was what made the birth. No, the, the importance of the birth was this, man, that the Lord had come. The Lord had come. It wasn't because of the gifts and all that stuff and family being around. A lot of us think that Christmas is for family. I'm going to let you know Christmas ain't for family. It isn't. It isn't. It's for Christ. It's for Christ. We think Christmas is to receive gifts because, you know, hey, Jesus was given gifts that day. I'm going to get some gifts, right? No, no, no. It ain't even about that. It's literally just about this birth right here, the incarnation, Jesus becoming flesh, incarnate, incarnation, right? In flesh, Jesus becoming this baby, right? So we have to understand that this is what brings peace. This is what brings joy. Receive it as that. Receive the good news for what it was supposed to be received for. Now, the shepherds, what do they do? They're like, oh, snap, you know, I just angels bunch, told me a bunch of nonsense, right? Let me just go back to the shepherding. Oh, the angels just told me about the Savior. That's cool. Let me go back to shepherding. No, what do they do with this information, right? They go and they find Mary and Joseph. They want to see it for themselves. And they see the baby there. They're, they're, and they're, they're ecstatic. They're saying exactly what the angel said. That's exactly what's happening. They rushed, and they wanted to see Joseph and Mary. And in their joy, they believed the angels and rushed to that side. Now, Mary, when, when Mary is, is seeing all this happen right in front of her eyes, what does she do? She treasures this in her heart. Get that. Mary is treasuring this moment. She's put, taking it to heart. She's like, all right, I'm going to remember this. This is an awesome moment. This is something that she is going to look back on when she, rem- when she sees her son being crucified, when she sees her son being uh, plotted against, when she sees her son preaching. You see, Mary treasured this moment in her heart. And after that, the shepherds, they were crazy. See, the shepherds, they told everybody about the Savior. They told everyone about the things they had seen and the things that they had heard. It says right here, in verse 
Verse 20 says the shepherds returned. So they went back to their city. They went back to their sheep, their neighborhood, and they were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were they were just they told. So they were telling everyone, glorifying God, telling everyone the Savior has come, the Savior has come, the Savior has come. He's been born. He was born in Bethlehem. You see, this is the product of the good news. This is, you receive it with great joy. You receive it with peace. You know that it is true. And what you do with it is you tell everybody. You tell everyone. You see, a lot of you guys, you guys hear the gospel and you keep it inside. You go back home, you don't tell your parents. You go back home, you go back to your, your, your family. You don't tell your brothers. You don't tell your sisters. Why? Because you all some religious fools, honestly. You think that the good news is just a religion. The good news is something you grew up hearing. No, the good news is life-changing joy. And they recognize that. See, Get out of this mindset. You already know everything, that you already heard everything. You already been to church so many times. Listen, get out of that mindset. They knew the Old Testament more than you know the Old Testament, those shepherds. And you know what? Instead of saying, I already know that, ain't nothing new, right? It became even more real to them. So they knew the prophecies. They didn't say, oh, well, angels, we already know the Savior's to be born in Messiah and in Bethlehem. They're like, wait, the, the, the Savior's been born. I know this. Let me see this. And now we're telling you Christ has been crucified and resurrected. He wants to save all of mankind. You shouldn't say, I know this, and just be nonchalant about it. But you sit here with great joy and be like, dude, for real, let me tell everybody. Let me tell my friends. Let me tell my neighbors. Let me tell my classmates. You see, because you received it with great joy. See, there's no other way to receive the, the gospel than with joy. There's no other way to have it than with peace. There's no other way. And the shepherds show that to us. We continue on. There's a man. He's in the temple, and he's waiting for a prophecy. And we go to Luke chapter 8, verse 25. Lawrence, if you could uh, come to the keys, please. It says, there was, now there was a man, Luke chapter uh, 2, sorry, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Luke chapter 2. Did I say Kelvin? My bad. I'm so used to him being Jorge. Jorge. There was a man, uh, man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required. That means any, any uh, kind of similar to this, any uh, people that have been baptized when they were a baby, any family members, you know, they just dipped the baby, right? right? Well, understand, there was a custom back then to get your child circumcised, right? So they would go to the temple, and a priest would circumcise their baby. It was part of the law. It was what required it. But Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying this, so Simeon, right, understand Mary and Joseph didn't tell him. Imagine this. Mary and Joseph, they walk to get their baby circumcised, right? This is the law. They're doing what they're supposed to do, being good Jews. This dude comes out of nowhere and says, that's the Messiah. This is the Lord. And he grabs the baby. And he starts to hold them. And he looks at them and he says, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, 
a light of revelation for, to the Gentiles and the glory of your people in Israel. You see, this man, he saw the Savior. He held him in his eyes, and he, in his arms, and he began to say this prayer. He said, I could die now. That's literally what he says. God, you can take me. My life is complete. My life is complete. There's nothing else I need. There's nothing else I want. I've seen your salvation. I've seen your salvation, God. This is the salvation for all people. And I've seen it with my eyes. Just understand, he, he didn't need anything else. He said, Lord, take me. I'm good now. At this point, he's making it known. This is the way to be saved. This baby, this baby is salvation. But not just the salvation for his people, right? He said, but the salvation to all nations, right? This, what he's seeing, in other words, what he's seeing, all people are supposed to see now. What was in his eyes are supposed to be in the eyes of all men, and that is salvation. You see, all throughout the story of Jesus' birth, it's all about proclaiming that he has come. All through it, we can't ignore it. While churches are cool with not meeting a person, not evangelizing, they're going to be hypocritically celebrating Christmas the wrong way. If you want to celebrate Christmas, tell people the good news. Tell people the good news. That's how it was done. You see, no, no, Mary and Joseph, they didn't, they were around a dinner place saying, you know, just saying grace, like, God, thank you for this meal, God. And then all of a sudden stay up till midnight giving each other gifts. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying is if you really want to celebrate Christmas, if you really want to understand what we're doing, if you really want to have a, understand the holy night, man, of that happened, you have to partake in this. Share the good news. Proclaim the good news. Tell people about the one who has come so that they can see the salvation that Simeon saw. So that they can see the salvation that Marco saw. So they can see the salvation that Will saw. That TJ saw. That Lawrence saw. That Kirsten saw. You see, what people need, right, is what God wants for them. What he wants for you. God. They need that. They need that experience so the Savior essentially was born so that we could all be born again. You understand that, right? Jesus had to be born, right, in this world, among us, so that we can be born in his world, among him. You guys get that, right? Jesus himself needed to come, needed to be born, so that we, right, could then be born again. This is completely important. A lot of us, we need to understand this. Jesus' birth was so that we can have new birth. We can have new life. The Savior, we can be with him. So if we, all you guys can stand if I can have the altar workers here. You have to be born again. Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, 3, very true. I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Everyone has been born once. If I can have everyone stand up to their feet, please. Everyone was born once, right? And Jesus says that. But you have to be born twice. Because just like that song was saying, in this world, it was laid in sin. This world is full of sin and error. It's just all up in there. It's just a bunch of evil and crooked ways. This world, the minute you're born, you're born a sinner. Separate from God. 
You are doomed from the womb because of the sin in this world. But Jesus came and was born from a virgin, clean, pure, not tainted by this world, so that we could be born again, pure, not tainted by this world. So you guys have to experience it. You have to be born again. Where the sin that plagued your life, the sin that was completely ruling you is no longer your Lord and Savior, right? Because a lot of us look to sin to save us. We look to drugs to see if it can save us. We look to sex to see if it can save us. We look to broken, uh, hypocritical relationships to see if it can save us. We get addicted to things to see if it can save us. But all it does is more, make us slaves even more. But that's why Jesus came. When he came, he came as the Savior. Yes, he was a baby, but fully God, fully man, the Savior. And when we look back, we see, okay, God loves me that much that he would literally humble himself to that point. We have to look back and remember that at Christmas, and we have to tell people. So this is the altar call, simple as this, right? Jesus... He doesn't stay a baby. Simple, right? A lot of don't picture Jesus as a baby if you're, you're like the, like if you're praying, you're thinking like, oh, baby Jesus. Don't do that, right? You're not. I don't know if you've ever seen. Uh, you know what I'm talking about that movie, um, Talladega Nights. What is it? Yes, yes, where he opens up in prayer. Oh, baby Jesus, sweet baby Jesus, right? No, no, no. The, Jesus ain't a baby no more, right? Jesus is the King. And you see, Jesus, what he is now is that he's the mediator for us, right? So if we come to him, all right, and we tell him, Lord, I sinned, I messed up, I'm wrong, can you please save me? I believe that you lived, that you died, and you rose again. I know you can save me. I know you can change me. If we have that faith, if we pray to him as the king, as the savior, and we ask him to save us, he's faithful, he will save us. So the altar call is simple, right? If you want to know this Jesus, if you don't know him and you want to know him, your whole life you've been living in religion, you've been, in a sense, right, knowing things, right, but you haven't acted upon it because you don't know if you really believe it, That's, that happens, this is for you now. You've heard the word. Let faith come into your heart. The word says, the, uh, while hearing the word, faith comes. So God right now is trying to save you, right? He's trying to bring you to him. All you do is simply have to turn to him and receive his salvation and receive it with joy. The altar calls for also anyone who says, yeah, I've received his good news. And yes, it brings me a lot of joy. But man, I'm, I'm scared to share it with people. Listen, the Bible says to pray for boldness. Right now, we have TJ, we have Kirsten. They'll pray with you to be bold. If you're scared, you want to tell people about the good news. You're saying, man, I, it's so amazing. Every time I read the Bible, I get so excited and I want to share with people this. But you just don't do it. Listen, come up for prayer and we'll pray for you to be able to have boldness to do so. So if everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your saving grace, Lord. Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus, 
to be born, Lord, by a virgin in a lowly way, God. Live a life not of a rich, noble ruler, God, but as a servant. And to die on a brutal cross, a cross used for criminals. Lord, we thank you for this good news, Lord, because in that, God, in his coming, Lord, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, we have life. We have salvation. Lord, I thank you for showing us salvation, God. Lord, I pray right now for everyone in Elevate, God, that they would see salvation. That this would not just be a story to them. That this would not just be an account of something that happened. That this would not just be a useless fact in their head. But God, I pray that this would be a life-changing sight that they're seeing. Jesus, the Savior. Lord, I pray that you would save those that are lost in this place. And God, I pray for those that are saved, that have received the good news with joy. I pray that you send them out right now, Lord. I pray right now you put a, a, a joy, a righteous hunger in their heart, God, to see their family saved, to see their neighborhoods changed, to see their classmates come to know you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As Lawrence uh, sings this song, I want to invite you guys to come up to the altar. Right? From the very beginning, we talked about dying to yourself, decreasing, right? Humbling yourself before the Lord. Let's do that. Let's do that. We see Jesus now. Jesus was humble. Can you humble yourself? Can you accept the good news? Can you receive it? I believe by God's grace you can. So as Lawrence sings, please come up, please. Don't leave this place being the same.